0: Quick disclaimer: Information in this podcast is for general informational purposes only and is not intended to be treated as medical advice. Always consult with your healthcare team before making changes to your diet, lifestyle, supplementation, or medication.
1: Something that's interesting is most people measure only fasting blood sugar levels, and often doctors only recommend this as well. But when it comes to A1C, your after-meal levels are actually more important. And you wanna make sure you're targeting the right numbers.
0: Welcome to Type 2 Diabetes Talk, the place where we chat about what really works to treat type 2 diabetes and pre-diabetes naturally with nutrition and lifestyle. If you're looking to optimize blood sugar and A1C, lose weight, reduce medications, and improve your overall health, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, Type 2 Diabetes Nutrition Specialist, Dr. Jeddah.
1: It is essential to understand your blood sugar levels to manage diabetes effectively. But we get tons of questions from people with all sorts of confusions about blood sugar. What's a normal range? What does my blood sugar even mean? The doctor said, I have pre-diabetes or Type 2 diabetes. This is my number. What does it mean? Well, today we're here to talk through this maze of blood sugar levels. We'll be exploring normal ranges, ranges where you get diagnosed with type 2 diabetes or prediabetes, and some recommended goal levels as well. At the end of the episode, you'll have a much clearer idea of the numbers, and you might want to refer to this info again after the show. So. You'll find everything I talk about today and all of these numbers on our site as well. Also, if you have extra questions that might not get covered or specific questions perhaps about your numbers, go to our website and leave us a voice message or send us an email. We'll do a focus Q&A session in future to chat further about blood sugar numbers. So, where to begin? Firstly, we have listeners, members, and subscribers from all parts of the globe. So it's important to explain the differences in the numbers because as I go through the blood sugar ranges, I'll share both types of numbers. In the US, milligrams per deciliter are used. So you'll see numbers like 90, 140, 180, 200, and so forth. In Canada, the UK, Australia, and lots of other places, millimoles per litre are used. So you'll see numbers like 5.9, 7.8, 10.0, 11.1 and such. Just keep that in mind as we go through today's show, as I'll be sharing both measurements. There's also something else to take note of is that there is some variation in the blood glucose recommendations around the globe. It shouldn't be this way, as it only causes confusion for us all, but unfortunately it is, so we just have to deal with that. At least after this episode, you'll have a better understanding of the general recommendations and goals. Before we delve deeper, for those who might be newly acquainted with the realm of diabetes, newly diagnosed with type 2 or prediabetes, you might hear the terms blood sugar and blood glucose used interchangeably. These are the exact same thing, just different ways of expressing the same concept. So whether someone mentions blood sugar levels or blood glucose levels, rest assured, they're talking about the same thing. Okay, let's dig right in to crunch some numbers. A good place to start is for normal ranges. When we say normal, these are the levels that people without diabetes have, but they are the ranges that our body functions best at, the general best levels for our body to function optimally. Normal fasting blood sugar is 70 to 99 milligrams per deciliter or 4 to 6 millimoles per liter. There is some debate about the normal range in millimoles per litre. So it can range from 5.5 to 6 millimoles per litre because technically a level of 5.6 or above is considered abnormal. But so I don't cause too much confusion about this, across many parts of the world, in millimoles per litre, the normal fasting range is most frequently 4 to 6. So, 4.0 to 6.0. Then you have after meal blood sugar levels. These can also be called post meal levels or postprandial levels. All of these terms refer to blood sugar levels about two hours after meals. And normal for postprandial levels are under 140 milligrams per deciliter or under 7.8 millimoles per liter. So, a maximum. Of 139 milligrams per deciliter or 7.7 millimoles per liter after meals is normal. If your levels come outside these ranges, you may be diagnosed with pre diabetes or type 2 diabetes. If your fasting blood sugar is 100 to 125 milligrams per deciliter or 6.1 to 6.9 millimoles per liter, or if your postprandial levels are 140 to 199 milligrams per deciliter or 7.8 to 11.0 millimoles per liter, you may be diagnosed with pre-diabetes. If your fasting blood sugar is more than 126 milligrams per deciliter or more than 7.0 millimoles per liter or if you have a postprandial level, Of more than 200 milligrams per deciliter or more than 11.1 millimoles, you may be diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. Often the doctor will do other tests to determine your diagnosis, such as a blood test measuring your HbA1c or A1c. These refer to the same things as well. Both HbA1c or A1c are abbreviations for a blood test that measures hemoglobin A1c. Hemoglobin is basically our blood, and a process called glycosylation occurs, where sugars, or glucose, in your bloodstream attach to hemoglobin, the protein in red blood cells that carries oxygen. The average red blood cell lives for around three months, so when they do an A1c blood test, they are testing glycated hemoglobin which essentially means glucose on the blood. They're testing how much glucose you have on the blood. The A1C is a blood test that reflects your average blood sugar levels over the past three-month period. That's why if you're trying to improve your A1C levels, you need to give yourself at least three months, and even better, around 16 weeks or four months, to see substantial changes in your A1C levels. Your A1C levels just aren't going to change in a matter of days, and we'll get to that more in just a moment. So, the results of an A1C test is often given as a percentage, and the normal A1C range is set at 4 to 5.7 percent in the US and 4 to 6 percent in most other countries. Yes, Another confusing matter for us all to deal with, but that's the way it is. To add a little bit more complexity to these issues, now some doctors will report your A1c test using millimoles per mole. Yep, just to create a bit more confusion. A bunch of organisations formed a consensus committee to try and standardise measurements across the globe and to achieve a more precise measurement. I don't really know whether that's been the case as it seems to have just caused more confusion, but just so you know that you'll need to know what your doctor's report says when you're trying to determine these numbers.
0: Get proven practical support to lower blood sugar, weight and medication. Check out Dr. Jetta's programs and services at type2diabetestalk.com forward slash programs.
1: Jim said, one of the things that has confused me since being diagnosed type 2 is blood sugar and A1c. Of course, many people are in the same boat, wondering what on earth is the difference between A1c and blood sugar, and which number might be more meaningful. Both measurements are important, but yes, they are different. When you take your fasting glucose or measure two hours after a meal, You generally do this on a daily basis or regularly and you'll use a finger prick glucose monitor at home or other monitor at home. This is what gives you those measurements we just covered, a milligrams per deciliter or millimoles per litre reading depending where you live in the world. HbA1c or A1c is a blood test ordered by your doctor and generally done through a pathology centre where they draw blood. And as I just said, this test reflects your average blood sugar levels over approximately the past three-month period. It measures the glucose or sugar on your blood from the previous three-month period. Daily readings are influenced by diet, exercise, sleep, stress, lifestyle, medications and illness, among other things, which is why they can be up and down. Daily levels can fluctuate quite a bit, but A1c is more stable. So overall, it is a more accurate measurement of your overall blood sugar control and blood sugar stability. But your A1c is affected by your daily levels. So let's talk about goal levels for pre-diabetes and type 2 diabetes. Now, I just want to say that your doctor or healthcare team may set your goal levels at different ranges, and you should work with them and talk to them about your goals, but there are some recommendations and research around what's best to aim for, so you should know these as well. Let's talk about fasting levels first. We established earlier that normal fasting blood sugar is 70 to 99 milligrams per deciliter or 4 to 6 millimoles. Or aiming for a fasting level of 5.5 millimoles is even better. And whether you have pre diabetes or type 2 diabetes, ideally you want to aim for levels within this normal range. For pre diabetes, that's certainly the range you want to be aiming for to normalise your levels. Ideally, under 99 milligrams per deciliter or 5.5 millimoles per litre. For type 2 diabetes, normal fasting ranges aren't always possible so levels up to 130 milligrams per deciliter or 7.2 millimoles might be a more realistic goal. I know morning blood sugar can be a frustrating thing for many people so we'll be chatting more about this sometime in the near future. We also established earlier that normal after meal blood sugar was a reading below 140 or under 7.8 and whether you have type 2 or pre-diabetes this is the highest target range you ideally want to aim for. Now you might see other ranges presented by the American Diabetes Association where they will say a maximum of 180 milligrams per deciliter is okay or on Diabetes Canada or Diabetes Australia and other parts of the world you might see them say a maximum of 10.0 millimoles per litre is okay. Sure, these might be okay, and with an initial diagnosis where your levels might be up at 200 or above or 11 or above, aiming for a target of 180 or 10 is a great place to start. But in the long term, this general recommended goal is too high. In consultation with your doctor, If it's achievable for you, you want to aim to get your blood sugar lower after meals, below that 140 or 7.8 mark. So why is this? What we've seen in the research, and by recommendations from the American Association of Clinical Endocrinology, that ideal aim for after meal levels is under 140 or 7.8. As we established earlier, these are considered the normal after meal blood sugar levels. And what the research shows is that keeping your levels within this normal range helps to reduce risk of diabetes complications. Reduce risk of complications is something very important to consider because the complications of diabetes can be awful, even life-threatening, and these are not things you want to get. So over time, you want to work on getting your postprandial levels in the normal range, under 140 or 7.8. I'll just add a disclaimer here that sometimes targets may need to be individualized based on a variety of personal factors. So always work with your doctor and healthcare team. But also, it's good for you to know these things so you can discuss it with them. And overall, the point is, ideally, You want to work on getting your postprandial levels in the normal range under 140 or 7.8. For A1C, we established that the normal range is 4 to 6%. For prediabetes, you want to get your levels back to normal. In the US, this will be under 5.7%. For nearly everywhere else in the world, it is under 6%. And here's something else that is interesting. Most people measure only fasting blood sugar levels and often doctors only recommend this as well. Yes, seeing how fasting levels are tracking over time is important. They can be more simple to measure as well because you take them consistently the first thing in the morning, which makes them easy to remember doing it, the fasting levels. But when it comes to A1c, your after meal levels are actually more important. If your after meal levels are tracking up at 180 or 10.0, your A1C is going to be around 7.5%. On the other hand, if you're aiming your target range after meals to a maximum of 140 or 7.8, which is the normal level, then your A1C is going to come down over time, hopefully within the normal range. You see... There is a connection and relationship between A1c and after blood sugar levels. A very strong connection and and relationship. This is no secret. This stuff is outlined in the American Diabetes Association Medical Care Guidelines. The ADA even has a chart in the guidelines that shows this stuff. I'll post that with the episode notes so you can go take a look at it yourself. Another thing Jim said was, when you're in the trenches like us, it seems to me focusing on the daily readings makes sense because we can affect those immediately good or bad. And yes, that's exactly right, Jim. Monitoring your daily levels gives you direct and immediate feedback so you can make adjustments to what you eat, your exercise or other factors. Of course, your A1C is important and you want that to be in the normal range, but monitoring helps you to achieve that as well. And as we just pointed out, particularly monitoring after meal levels and keeping them in a healthy range can help you normalise your A1C levels. Inside our member site, we have a health tracker where you can log your fasting and after meal numbers and you can see if you're in a good range. And we also have videos, tools and tips on what you can do to change levels, get better results. Personally, and from what I've seen, I think monitoring is so helpful and valuable, even for people with pre-diabetes as well. For pre-diabetes, monitoring might not always be something recommended by the doctor, but definitely if you do it, you can have more of an idea of how you're tracking with everything. Monitoring provides really, really valuable feedback, so I'd highly recommend it. Hopefully all those numbers give you some food for thought and help clear up some confusions as well. It might also help to view or review all the numbers we've talked about today, so head over to type2diabetestalk.com to find the notes, charts, and some helpful resources. If you're one of our members, you can log in to the site and find some extra perks and resources alongside the episode in the members' library. If you're enjoying the show, I'd really appreciate if you could leave a five-star rating and review on your favourite podcast platform to help this valuable information reach more people because together we can change everyone's health for the better. Okay, that's it from me. See you next week. Dr Jeddah, over and
0: out. Thanks for tuning in to Type 2 Diabetes Talk. Please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. And for episode replays, episode notes, and more, visit type2diabetestalk.com. New episodes are available Tuesdays, 10 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time, or your time zone equivalent. Thanks again. We're truly grateful to be a part of your life and help make a real difference.